Run that back for me one more time. What? I tell you what. It CSI. intrigues me. Hello streamers, welcome in to the first episode of 2023 of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform, TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Dylan is still down bad with the sickness. We, we he's, uh, he's, uh, he's on the, he's on the IL until further notice. Yeah, he's on the long-term IL. Uh, we will keep you updated, but again, put hashtag get better soon, Dylan, in the comment section. So it's KB, it's Christian, holding it down, uh, for tonight's episode. We've got our first review of 2023, and if you missed our 2022 streaming program of the year, Maybe it was two, maybe it was one. Go check out last week's episode, and of course, go check out our most anticipated streaming platform projects of 2023 uh, over on last week's episode. But we're going to dive into Glass Onion. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the rundown for the show. We got the Glass Onion review, the new Knives Out movie uh, on Netflix. We've got some updates and some. We're going we're gonna to speculate. We're going to theorize to start off the new year with the alleged new 10-year plan for the DCU. And then, of course, we'll get into the streaming platform Multiverse News and Notes, everybody's favorite segment. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials, Twitter and Instagram, at StreamerSZN. Uh, I was recording the Get in the Hole podcast earlier this week, Christian, and uh, Stephen McAvoy, the host of that show, uh thinks there's a nice little friendly rivalry between this show and Get in the Hole, being that they were both uh, pandemic baby podcasts. You know, they were born in the midst of a pandemic, and uh, there's a there's a friendly company rivalry between the two. He wants to see us kind of go toe-to-toe, and Steve cut a hell of a promo for the wrestlers out there, uh, claiming that Get in the Hole was going to be the number one podcast on the network in 2023. What? 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 <laughs> More golf what? What? Uh, well, I think we need to compete with that mixed streamer season, the best new podcast uh, on the network in 2023. So go follow Unleash us. Unleash me, Kyle. Unleash what? more content. Unleash, Unleash him what? <laughs> uh, streamer SCN on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Christian on Twitter at the Wiz underscore PHI. Follow me at KBIZZL311. And go follow Dylan at Dylan Mazzola. Uh, and make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple and Spotify and leave your show and movie recommendations in your reviews because we will read them. We'll pay, pay attention to them 
and we will write down what you want us to watch and put them on our list here in 2023 and beyond. Uh, and of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of Streamer Season and all of the podcasts on our network. Smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your thoughts on everything we talk about on this episode. And of course, leave your movie and show recommendations in the comment section because uh, we will definitely be able to see all of those for sure. And uh, make sure you follow us on Letterboxd as well. Streamer SZN over on Letterboxd, where our Glass Onion review will be up this weekend. Um, and, of course, get your merch. PHI Apparel Company. It's the best place to get your merch because there are exclusive merch providers. That's where you get exclusive first edition streamer season merch. I'm checking right now. I was told hoodies were going to be up today. I'm not 100% sure if they all got up yet or not. But Streamer Season Hoodie, which is probably one of my favorite pieces of merch we've ever released, or will be releasing, I should say, um, will be up hopefully by this weekend. Uh, so go get your merch. It's the easiest, most effective, and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Streamer Season and Underground Sports Philadelphia. And you guys, when you go to phiapparel.co, you can use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel order that's code UNDERGROUND for 10% off at phiapparel.co. Christian, Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, happy New Year. No better way to kick off the new year than with Ryan Johnson, Benoit Blanc, and Glass Onion. Mr. CSI KFC himself. <laughs> that, that is still my, maybe my favorite line from the first one. CSI KFC coming out of Chris Evans' mouth. It's perfect. I absolutely love it. Uh, we're going to get into our glass onion review. But before we get into, you know, breaking it all down like we always do, uh, overall thoughts on the film. You know, you saw it earlier than I did. Um, Thanksgiving, and I have the poster over there. So what were your thoughts on uh, glass onion as a whole, as a movie? And, uh, you know, not, to, not that we want to fully compare it, but we will compare it eventually to the original Knives Out. But... Your overall thoughts on Glass Onion, a Knives Out story. So, in one sentence, um, fun, comma, but messier than the first. And I think that's the simple way to describe it, because there's lot, lots of choices we can talk about to unpack the whole thing. A lot of deci decisions Johnson makes, but overall, it's still a very fun time. It's probably a little long but I had a ball of a time. The, the first act is hilarious. Blanc is cooking, throwing 100 miles an hour. He's Jordan Hicks on the mound, just going. So it's, um, it's a very fun film. Can't wait to break it down further. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the cast is fantastic. I mean... When, when you first saw this cast, you, you couldn't help be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch this because it was going to be just stellar. Um, you and I both did agree not to get too far into our uh, overall review, but we did enjoy the first one more. But this one has like its fun quirkiness and like uniqueness that makes it its own thing. And, you know, I think the cool part, having now watched both uh, Knives Out and Glass Onion, like you don't necessarily like unless you want more context about Benoit Blanc, you don't necessarily have to watch the first one no. uh, to watch the second one. 
Uh, you can watch them in any order. Um, so that's a, a cool little aspect to it. If you haven't seen the first one, because it, it is, is not on streaming right now, unless you pay for it. It is very, he purposefully sets these films up to be similar to the, similar to all, to all those Hercule Poirot books and, and movies where it's like, you can watch like death on the Nile without watching murder on the Orient Express. Which is yeah. kind of the brilliance of the whole thing, where it's like not interconnected and truly serialized. So, yeah, was a big fan of that, um, and I think every member of the cast crushed it. And you can kind of compare all the new cast members to actual real life people, uh, which is very funny. We'll get into that as well. But the plot, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert! Spoiler, spoiler alert! Spoiler this, alert. This is a spoiler alert. This is a test of the spoiler alert system. If this was a real spoiler alert, a message would follow. <laughs> so here we go. Go watch Glass Onion if you haven't watched it, and then come back and chill out on this review with us. Uh, but during the COVID-19 pandemic in May 2020, Miles Braun, the billionaire co-founder of the technology company Alpha, decides to host a murder mystery game at his mansion, The Glass Onion, on his private island in Greece. He invites four friends, Alpha head scientist Lionel Toussaint, Connecticut Governor Claire DeBella, controversial fashion designer Birdie J, and men's rights streamer Duke Cody. And that is Leslie Odom Jr. That is... Uh, Catherine Hahn. Um, why am I blanking on Birdie J's actual name? Kate Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson and uh, Dave Batista. That's but all. We're characters. also forgetting two. We're also forgetting two other people. Uh, Duke's Duke's young girlfriend, Whiskey, played by Madeline Klein of Outer Banks fame. Yes. And Birdie J's assistant. Peg. Peg, played by... That is her Jessica. character name, yeah. Yep, played by Jessica Henwick, who people may know from The Gray Man, Matrix mm -hmm. Resurrections, and Love and Monsters, along as Nymeria Sand in Game of Thrones. And, yes. she, and she was in Iron Fist and stuff at... Iron Fist stuff as a, as a Colleen Wing. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I mean, loaded cast. And like like the review continues here, Birdie's assistant Peg and Duke's girlfriend Whiskey accompany the group along with Cassandra, Andy, Brand, uh, played by the absolutely marvelous and talented Janelle Monet, uh, who co-founded Alpha with Miles before being ousted from the company in a contentious legal battle. Famous detective Benoit Blanc also receives an invitation and joins the group. Miles questions the presence of Blanc, but allows him to stay, assuming that another guest invited him as a joke. Blanc overhears Peg confront Miles over a PR statement uh, he wants Bertie to release and sees Duke watch Whiskey in bed with Miles. And before dinner, Miles shows off the Mona Lisa, which he has on loan from the Louvre, and reveals that the glass onion is powered by Clear, a hydrogen-based alternative fuel that Alpha will launch in a week, despite Lionel and Claire's safety concerns. This 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 ragtag crew here is just they are 
purely brought out of the real world and put into the Knives Out universe. Yeah. Like, we, we'll, we can just say it now. Edward Norton's Miles Braun is just dipshit Elon Musk. Yes. Which could just be Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not, but... <laughs> Elon Musk post-acquisition of Twitter. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah, we'll do that. We'll, uh, we'll go with that one. Yeah, and then, you know, Dave Bautista's character is pretty much Andrew Tate slash Alex Jones slash, you know, uh, J. Jonah Jameson in uh, the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Blanc solves Miles' pretend murder mystery immediately, and tensions over Andy's presence culminate in her leaving the main party room. Suddenly, Duke collapses and dies after drinking from Miles' glass, and the panicking group suspects that it's Andy. After the group discovers Duke's pistol is missing, the power goes out and everyone splits up in the chaos. Blanc finds Andy, but an unseen assailant shoots her, and Blanc gathers the rest of the group and announces that he has solved Andy's murder. Cut. So let's cut that there, just like just like the way the story does, and let's kind of run through this whole first part for a second. So I want to start with when they get all these puzzle boxes and the sheer number of cameos we get. Yes. So um, on a on a Zoom call playing Among Us with Benoit Blanc <laughs> is Kareem Al-Dujabar, Stephen Sondheim, Andrew Lionsbury, and who is the fourth one? Uh, and and uh, uh, and, uh, and, and Natasha Leon. And so two, two, of, two of these have a clear purpose. First of all, Anne, Angela Aaronsbury, who just recently died, uh, she was known for being in murder mystery movies and shows. And Stephen was also Sondheim, Mrs. Potts. Yes. And Stephen Sondheim, as some people may or may not know, actually wrote a murder mystery film called The Last of Sheila. Who also recently passed away. Yes. There's there's a lot of recent deaths. <laughs> Stephen Sondheim, obviously, of a critically acclaimed fame from uh, you, Broadway. The, you yeah. name it. He's got his fingerprints all over it. So the fact that Stephen Sondheim's final role is him playing Among Us with Angel yeah. Lansbury, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> and freaking James Bond... And, and and he's he, he's wearing a fez cap. <laughs> that was just brilliant. Wearing a fez cap and smoking a cigar while sitting in the bathtub. That was peak. That was peak it's, May twenty twenty. It's it's so good. And <laughs> and and then at Gertie's party, it, it's just yo yo ma to explain what a few is. <laughs> that was incredible, and and listen and and I forget if this happens in the first half or the second half, but uh, no, I I I think it happens in the second half. But since we're talking about Kit, well, no, oh, before I get that one, Ethan Hawke shows up for one scene <laughs> a, 
as my as Miles's assistant, and he shoots him with some like anti-COVID thing. So, uh, so there's that. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is who who appears in every Ryan Johnson film in one way or another, in just like a background voicing or something. He's the voice of Miles's clock. Okay. Um, he 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 he's the guy going dong. Yeah. Um. Some some people who don't make an appearance but are mentioned: J- Jared Jared Leto's kombucha and Jeremy Renner's hot sauce. <laughs> Which we'll talk about Jeremy Renner later in the show, but yes, yeah, uh, it's Jared and, Leto's hard kombucha. Yeah. Um. We. Uh, and I'll and I'll touch about it now. Uh, Serena Williams as yes. a actual Serena prison. Williams. <laughs> well, but but like you think for basically the entirety of the scene, she uh, she shows up in it. It's like one of those pre-recorded trainer things, but it's just her actually being on the computer thing. <laughs> so good. And then, uh, where's the last one? Lest we forget, one of in in his prime, one of the the most handsome men in the world, Hugh Grant, yes, as <laughs> Daniel Craig's partner. Now, take 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 those two in their primes. That's a handsome ass gay couple. Yes, and and part of and part of what I get a get a kick a kick out of this is I swear Johnson got this idea uh because uh because Daniel Craig once said in an interview that he likes going to gay bars because he doesn't get bo- bo- bothered by people <laughs> that's which, great which I, I I feel like there's something there with this that's hilarious <laughs> um, oh man the uh so that's on the cameos. Uh, in terms of stuff that happens in the first half, let's quickly unpack that unboxing scene and how Duke's mom is just like, poke, poke, poke. <laughs> Would you shut up, mom? Did you just tell your mother to shut up? <laughs> oh, man. That was um, hilarious. Um... And then and uh, and then uh, Janelle Monet just takes the hammer, smashes the shit out of it. Um, um, oh, when 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 they're going when they're going to Mile to Miles's island, and Leslie Odom is talking to the boat cap 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 captain. And yes, the boat captain is is that is that the dock? And the boat captain says, "Do you remember this piece of shite?" <laughs> and and he doesn't realize it what he's trying to say until he later goes on goes on the radio that he's actually saying piece of shit 
Oh, it's so good. Um, like, 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 there's so many little things in this film. Uh, what's another great one? Uh, the the early dung is composed by Phil Glass. Um, uh, he was a what was uh miles is playing a beatles song when uh when uh when they come to when they come to do come to the island and it's like bird or birdie uh, or birdie something and he claims the guitar was played by paul by paul mccartney but he's playing the guitar right-handed and paul mccartney was a left-handed guitar player um, Blanc smoking a cigar, and basically all of the environmental tr- tr- triggers going up. This is a smoke-free garden. This is a smoke-free garden. And then Please keep our water clean. <laughs> and he's and he's just scampering away. And then uh, Blanc solving the Blanc solving my Miles's mystery in the span of like ten seconds. And and uh, Edward's face just like slowly like twitching, uh, and then probably the last thing is just all of Blanc's outfits. Mwah. Yes, Mwah. I need yeah. them. Need them I, all. I don't know how we would look. I don't know how we. I don't know how we'd look in that blue and white jumper. I was going to say, we should all just pull up to Comic-Con this summer in the blue and white jumper. <laughs> blue, uh, blue, uh, blue, blue and white jumper, yellow, uh, ye- yellow, uh, yellow ascot. And fez caps. Yes, and, and fez caps. Less that is our Comic-Con uh, attire for 2023. All right. um, so, first half wrap. Second half, go. Uh, so then we get into, like I said, Blanc solving Miles' pretend murder mystery. Immediately, intentions over Andy's presence culminate. Leave, she leaves the main party. Uh, suddenly, Duke collapses, dies after drinking from Miles' glass. Uh, when they're all in this, you know, magnificent room filled with culture and art and glass sculptures and everything. Uh, the panicking group suspects that it's Andy, and after the group discovers Duke's pistol is missing, the power goes out. It's like leaving a loaded gun in the middle of a room and turning the lights off. (laughs) And everyone splits up in the chaos. Blanc finds Andy, but an unseen assailant shoots her. Blanc gathers the rest of the group and announces that he solved Andy's murder. Then we get an extended flashback, so drop down, flip it, and reverse it. Shout out to Missy Elliott. Uh... That shows the extended flashback shows us that Andy died supposedly by suicide a week before the trip, and her twin sister Helen hired Blanc to investigate her death. Now, let me tell you, everybody at home, uh, this was our, our family like New Year's Day tradition. We watch a movie together, whether it was at the theater before the, the old Pandy or now just at home post Pandy. Um, my my sister, who is a high school uh, English teacher, when she found out that Andy's sister was a teacher and 
sir and she was filling in there she was like those poor kids those poor kids <laughs> she was like those poor kids don't have a teacher anymore this is so tragic she was like so distraught about that and uh it was just very funny just watching her on the edge of the seat not knowing exactly uh if those poor kids had a teacher anymore um so then at Alpha, Andy had halted the development of Clear due to safety concerns, and so Miles had her removed as CEO, and this maneuver was supported by their friends, perjuring themselves by testifying that he had single-handedly sketched out the plan for Alpha years ago on a napkin. However, Andy rediscovered the original napkin where she had written out the idea and emailed a photo of the evidence to the group. Helen suspects that someone in the group killed Andy to avoid being uh, discredited, and to gain favor with Miles. With the news of Andy's death not yet public, Blanc proposed that Helen poses Andy at Miles' party, helping him investigate. Uh, and then Helen helps Blanc discover motives for each member of the group to protect Miles from Andy. Lionel and Claire have already staked their reputations on clear. Miles is, a financial, uh, is financially rescuing Birdie from the fallout of employing child labor in sweatshops. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and Duke is using whiskey to seduce Miles in exchange for a role at Alpha News. Helen also discovers that all four other guests visited Andy's home on the day of her death, and Helen disrupts the party so she can search the guest rooms for Andy's napkin. Uh, and when she gets shot, Andy's journal in her jacket pocket stops the bullet, but Blanc feigns her death, creating using. an opportunity for her to search Miles' office using... Jeremy Renner's hot sauce. Small batch hot sauce at that. Small batch. Um, can we talk about the child labor sweatshop? No. Um, first, first, uh, first, let's quickly, uh, first, let's quickly unpack this joke. So, uh, uh, Birdie's in trouble for Birdie's in trouble for using child laborers in uh, to make her sweatpants. And so she got an email saying uh, uh, from 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 someone in that area saying uh, basically saying that uh, you know you are using a place that's a notorious sweatshop and pet and 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 peg and peg in a moment of realiz realization goes. You didn't think sweatpants were made in. What, 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 what was your group's reaction to that? It was pure comedy. Like, we were just dying laughing. Um, it was pure gold. When when that joke landed, I, I one, could not believe How that dumb. they just went there <laughs> in pure just, like, stupidity. But I love that they went there. It's brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Um, and I mean the 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 extended flashback. I didn't see it coming. You know, throughout the first portion of the film until we got there, obviously. But yeah. as it went, I kind of liked it. I I liked the way that they used it to kind of you know backtrack and help you kind of like figure out the mystery so here's what i'll say about it it basically does the same thing as the first film except it's like 
a much bigger part of the first. Uh, it's a much bigger part in the second film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like it's it it is good. Do I think it's a little long? Yes, but there's a purpose behind it, for sure. Um, so Blanc reveals that Miles was responsible for both murders. Uh, and Miles killed Andy after learning she had the napkin, but Duke saw Miles' car leaving her house, and when news of Andy's death was finally released online during the party, Duke realized that Miles was responsible and attempted to blackmail him in order to get on Alpha News. This prompted Miles to poison him, exploiting his allergy to pineapple. Daddy doesn't do pineapple. Uh, and to snatch Duke's pistol, with which he shot Helen. Helen locates Andy's original napkin in Miles' office and reveals herself to the group. However, Miles burns the napkin, eliminating the evidence against him. Now here, I want to take a pause real quick, because obviously, uh, earlier, to find out, you know, the sweatshop joke and everything, uh, Andy was recording everything. We thought that that's how they were going to get the the dirt on Miles and everything was like she was just going to have a recorder set up somewhere. Yeah. I just didn't know if that was something you thought was going to happen as well on your first watch, but that was like one of our early assumptions before we got to the point. No, I was see I I kind of just let these movies flow. So uh so then in anger Helen destroys Miles's glass sculptures with Miles's friends joining in. Helen lights a bonfire and throws Clear into it, causing an explosion that destroys the Glass Onion and the Mona Lisa. Realizing the painting's destruction will reveal that Clear is dangerous, ruining Miles, the group decides to testify against him for his crimes, and at the beach, Helen and Blanc watch the police boats arrive. Also, one thing we haven't touched on is our our friend that was just staying at Miles' island and popped up randomly throughout the entire movie hilarious which which if you didn't know he is the guy who plays trooper wagner in the first nice out film okay but he goes by a different name in this film and I like that and and instead of being clean cut he's got a big beard and everything it's a stoner yeah <laughs> Uh, known as Daryl, spelled D-E-R-O-L. That is cringe. Um, But yeah, that was hilarious. Um, So, I think it's time we unpack this film a little more broadly. Yeah. So, my main criticism of this film, and people may like it or not, but it, it, it mainly relies on how the politics are treated in this film. Because in the first film, you you have a very large cast, and they're clearly like all very right wing people, and the main politics joke throughout is Marta is a immigrant, and they don't know where she's from, and when it's revealed that she's been left defortune, they try and pre- pressure her through through those through those means so it's not so it's not like you're getting beaten over the head with it but because in this film you have a smaller cast and 
it's so inherently political when you have a governor and Elon Musk like figure, it adds an extreme amount of weight to the film that kind of makes humor feel more forced at times. It makes them unpack more things and kind of weighs down the film overall, which the first film doesn't manage to do. So that's kind of one real, my main sticking point on, on this entire film. It's, it's not that I don't like the politics. It's that it has so much more weight and heaviness in this film. It's less like used as jokey subtle and more just like a little more sledgehammery. Yeah, and I think, you know, going into it, I, I avoided everything but the cast list. Um, I think they I think this was one of the first movies that, you know, and we see this a lot in, like, stand-up comedy, too, with a lot of comedians where, like, they use the pandemic and, you know, COVID jokes, like, way too much, where it's like, can we just get away from this? I felt like, you know, this being set in the pandemic, they, like, didn't use that as a full it was just like this is the setting this is what's happening right now it wasn't like a driving force in the movie which i i really appreciated um like we mentioned earlier the cameos across the board were fucking brilliant um just the the quirkiness to them was great um i think janelle monet is a rock star literally and on screen um she really impressed me. Dave Batista impressed the hell out of me. Not like he hasn't done that before, but once again, crushed it. Uh, I really liked Ed Norton's just like cheesy dickheadedness in this movie. Um, well, it's it's it it's very much just like a stereotypical Edward Norton character. Yeah, like he's he he's being the general public's perception of Edward Norton for sure. Um, and I thought he played it well. Um, and then I thought Leslie Odom Jr. was great. Um, and, you know, Catherine Hahn did her thing. She's fantastic. I think, like we mentioned at the top, like, is the first one better? Yeah, because it's yes. the first one. And, like, the first one is, like, it's one of the, it's a masterpiece. Like, it's, it's tough to top your original film most of the time. Um, but I think this one did a lot of really well executed things to make it its own and like like we mentioned like you don't have to although we highly recommend you do watch the first one to watch this one like it's not required viewing um so i think that's a a nice aspect to this one as well um but i mean it's super enjoyable it's something that you can watch again even if you know the mystery like you're gonna enjoy it time and time again which i think is fun um and I think they just did a really, really, really brilliant job with just, like, who was in the movie, balancing out, you know, roles and everything. I think it was really well done. It's Netflix needs to make more movies like this. Yes. Like, and I, I don't want to get a whole, in, into a whole Netflix spiel here, but it's kind of like this. If you look at the amount of stuff net Netflix puts out versus the amount of stuff someone like HBO Max or Hulu puts out, there's a general higher quality slash 
awards the threshold in basically every case except most of Netflix. It, except for like their one prestige show, Crown, The, the Crown or Stranger Things, maybe like a, a Bridgerton nomination or two. It's pretty much like Hulu and HBO Max and Apple are dominating everything else because they very much focus on quality of content over con- quantity of, mm-hmm. of con- content. And I think Netflix could be so good if they just switched to a switch to something more like that. And we would j- joke on them less because we would happily take a bunch more Glass Onion films. We would take a Glass Onion holiday special, which we talked about this, where it's Blanc and the Muppets. Yes. And you have a hour, 20-minute Blanc murder mystery with the Muppets. That would and, be a dream come true. And yeah. that is literally the fun Twitter question of take a movie, keep one character, and replace everybody else with the Muppets. <laughs> Make it happen. Or... I mean, you could also you could also do it with you also pose that question. Choose like Avengers and Avengers End, Endgame, and it's and it's only Thanos is an is a Muppet. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, aside from that, um, pretty much like another great idea I saw was basically turn Blanc, make it TV, and you make him the make him the modern Columbo. I like that too. Yep, true. It's it, it's like Netflix. There's so many good ideas here. It's just like you need to scale back all the shitty movies, scale back all the TV stuff because like they canceled 1899 after one season. Yeah, it's not even done yet. And and just like I don't know, maybe go for maybe go for longer term plan stuff. And stop just like throwing things at the wall. It's like we have something new every single week. It's like no, that's that 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 will end up losing you more money in this modern streaming landscape. Hundred percent. Um, and with that, I think we get to our very first rating of twenty twenty three, like we've done all of twenty twenty two. We uh, we rated projects, TV, and movies. We average them out depending on who's on the show. We will get Dylan's score eventually aggregated into this, so this will potentially change a little bit. Um, but our first project of 2023 is Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Christian, your score for the first time in 2023 is... 7 out of 10. Good or not great? Uh, let me just get this in here. There it is. Seven out of ten for Christian. Um, if you guys listen to this show, you guys know I love, you know, a good funny haha, not funny weird. Uh, and I love a good laugh. I love, you know, quick, witty humor that Glass Onion provided. I think the cast was great. I think the cameos were fantastic. Um, I, I really enjoyed this one. Even even though my expectations were high, like it in some thresholds like beat my expectations. Um, 
So I'm going to go and give this bad boy. It's a little less than the, the Rotten Tomatoes score, which across the board is a 9.3 slash 93%. I'm going to give this bad boy an 8.5. I think it's super solid. It's super fun. It's very enjoyable. And uh, it's it's a nice like second installment in the, the Knives Out universe. So I'm going to give it an 8.5. Christian gives it a 7. And for the quick math people at home, you add those two Seven up, point. divide it by two, 7.75, which in our book always rounds up. So 7.8 out of 10 is the official score, sans Dylan's rating. Uh, so we'll get that eventually. But right now, as it stands, 7.8 is the score for Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Christian, your thoughts on the overall score? It's reasonable. Like it's, it is, in my opinion, about where it should be. There's nothing else left to say, really. Yeah, I think it falls in perfectly. Um, so let me just put this officially into the book. And then this will also be on our letterbox page uh, sometime this weekend. So make sure you follow us on letterbox and you'll see our written review. And then very cool stuff. You can hyperlink podcast episodes on letterbox in reviews. So if you're just a letterbox follower, you can listen to the podcast as well. But now it's time for the first time in 2023 to put on the tinfoil theory hats. The DCU plan. It's come out this week, everybody, that James Gunn and company have a 8 to 10 year plan for the DC universe. Uh, only some of it will be announced this month, which is very exciting. Uh, some things to take away from it. One. Wonder Woman is reportedly not part of James Gunn's three-year plan, so the early stages will not feature Wonder Woman. We obviously know Jason Momoa is uh, being phased out as Aquaman and being recast as Lobo. Most likely. We are looking for our next Superman, because it won't be Henry Cavill. It'll be a young Superman looking for that next Batman, uh, as long as the Reeves universe is staying separate from the DCU. Um... And then allegedly, according to Variety, some Warner Brothers executives are open to the idea of keeping Ezra Miller in the DC Universe <laughs> after the Flash movie. <laughs> I, I don't get that whatsoever. Um, I think Ezra Miller, they need to just take a step back a little bit and kind of be out of the spotlight, in my opinion. But who knows? Um... And sources describe James Gunn and Peter Safran's DC plan as broad, but not a blanket reset. So that could mean, you know, other characters stick around. Um, in your opinion, Christian, as it stands right now, do you think anybody sticks around from the DCEU in James Gunn's DC universe? So excluding the Suicide Squad, because I just think they keep that stuff around. Um, plus the DCEU films. So something tells me Shazam's going to stick around. Well, yeah, like, like, like that just kind of feels like as long as you're going to use that character and like, and we'll get it and we'll get into that in a second. I feel like you have the perfect casting there for that Mm -hmm. specific role. But in terms of what we have 
I mean, ideally, if you can keep Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, you keep Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Which I think you will because she is in that Suicide Squad universe too, which is, you know, puppet mastered um, by James Gunn, so yeah. I think that helps. Blue Beetle's probably staying... Blue Beetle's probably staying around. Um, John Cena's but, Peacemaker is staying around. Yeah, but in terms of live action, outside of outside of the Suicide Squad, Shazam, Blue Beetle, and like Harley Quinn, I don't know what else, if anything, stays around. And so here's where we can have some... Here's where we can have some fun with it, where we go, okay, what storylines could they do? So they could obviously do a Crisis on Infinite Earths type thing, which I'm just going to say this now, because we know they're supposedly work on a Constantine film. See, here's the thing. I almost don't want that to be in the DC plan. I just want that to be set separate. Solely because I want Tom Ellis to still play Lucifer, because I love him from the TV show so much, and he there's there's just so much fun there. But you could do Crisis on in, in Infinite Earths. You could go into a broader Justice League thing where you actually get like a proper Batman, a proper Superman. Maybe Gal Gadot comes back as Wonder Woman. You get a proper Martian Manhunter, and and that way you do actually have a proper ten year thing when you can build to some massive comic book event. Which I don't know comic books that well, but like I feel like you have to establish the broad a broad Justice League to to have a ten year plan, and then maybe I don't know you uh, maybe you. I I I would like this, but I don't think you could ever get it as good as the TV show. Maybe you create a some Teen Titans. I like, like that. Like like you do technically have the like show that's on like HBO Max and stuff, but obviously that's likely not going to be canon. Right. And like like there's a lot of interesting stuff you could do here. Because if we just go through Justice League members, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Hal Jordan. Okay, let's quickly talk Hal Jordan because there's only one person for that role. Do you know who that person is? I don't, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. Glenn Powell. Have you, I... have you watched Top Gun Maverick? No. Watch Top Gun Maverick. He plays Iceman. He's the most lovable, smarmy guy you you want to cheer for and hate. He's wonderful. He's perfect to play Hal Hal Jordan. You obviously you are doing with the whole Aquaman scenario. Can I maybe introduce you to like Alex Skarsgård or something? Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Green Arrow. I don't know what what you want to do there. Hawkman, Shrug, and then you have all the like weirder ones where 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 it's like you could bring in a John Stewart, you could bring in Zatanna, which technically, if we look through uh, stuff uh, stuff DC has 
had working before this merger. They were working on a Green Lantern film. They were working... Which apparently I think is being turned into a series now. Sure, fine. Based yeah. on the Hal Jordan um, Green Lantern, so... They were supposedly working on a Static Shock thing. See, I would love that. They were supposedly working on a Black Canary thing. I remember that, too. But... But then, even... uh, E, e, even out, even outside the core, you could keep Blue Beetle around. I mean, you technically see here. Here's your Black Adam throws a wrench into things. It's like, can we bring back Pierce Brosnan as as Doctor Fate if we're clean wiping still? Because he was so like it. It's the perfect role for him. Like the, Like there's so many like little characters. They can pull out. They could have so much fun, and I know James J- James is going to have a lot of fun because just see Suicide Squad and how he brought people who didn't care about into the broader MCU, and we're getting Adam Adam Warlock in the in the new film. So, and plus, again, I'm just kind of ram- rambling at this point, but. Maybe we actually get a proper Robin. Maybe we get a proper Dick Grayson. Maybe we get a Nightwing. Uh, I don't think you could do a Damien because of the politics of how Damien is conceived. And I don't, and I don't think your Batman's going to be that old. And I don't think you have that that time frame in terms of ten ten year plan. When are we introducing Damien into all that? But. There's a lot of things James Gunn can do here, I'm sure, because he is a massive comic person, that he definitely has some storylines he wants to hit in mind, and given his his experience in the MCU. So the ultimate question is, what is the Secret Wars slash Endgame level event in DC history? Let's find out. Avengers End Game equivalent to Crisis League. Cri- I mean, Cri- Crisis on in- Infinite Earth is going to be the one that comes up the most by far. Um... Flashpoint 2. Flashpoint also, which that's, that's a broad thing. Infinite Crisis... Flash of Two Worlds, Death Death of Superman, like, like if, plot twist. They already did that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it is clear that to do some of the best, to do some of the best superlines, you have to actually create a formal Justice League, and I think that's James Gunn's number one with a bullet plan of the first thing. They have to do in, in probably the first three to four years actually establish said Justice League. Yeah, like you, you, we've said it a while on and off pod. Like DC is a decade behind Marvel in terms of like getting reestablished, getting things proper to where they should have been done from the get go. Um, and and that's because they 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 were operating on like 
five different timelines. Yeah. No, you need one timeline, or or technically two if you want to count all of like all all of like the side Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. But you need one main timeline, and the problem is when you have switching Batmans, you have Suicide Squad, and then you have the Zack Snyder stuff, and it's like what. Like, it's not a linear thing to follow, which is where Marvel has to play. And it's like one of those things, too, with DC. It's like you're going to have your diehard fans that are going to, you know, that are DC over Marvel, which are very few, in my opinion, um, that are going to be like, all right, let's 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 ride. I think the biggest, you know, hurdle and the biggest thing that I think James Gunn and Peter Safran have in front of them outside of just like the creation and stabilization of a timeline is bringing everybody back in (laughs) dealing with Snyder fans (laughs) that too but bringing in the fans who are like oh you know DC's a a fucked up giant mess how how do I know this isn't going to be the same well one word of advice I can give to you is it's James Gunn Uh, anything you've watched with him involved is a masterpiece so give that a shot but i think that is a a massive hurdle you know for any project dc puts out that james gunn may not be like directly attached to like how he worked on the suicide squad how he's allegedly working on the superman film um i think that's going to be an interesting thing that they navigate is just drawing everybody back into dc after you know the the mess that it has been but i think they've done a good job starting off with the new Suicide Squad movie, with Peacemaker. Um, I think those are, are good foundational pieces. And, you know, you brought back characters that are important. John Cena was electric. And now you just got to move forward and, and build this thing out properly while Marvel's already in Phase 6 and going into Phase 7 probably before the first big Justice League event happens in the new DCU. This is what happens when you have actual leadership, guys. Take note. 100%. And I think uh, I'm still banking on one day having Marvel vs. DC. I think it's going to happen. Especially now that James Gunn has got the keys to the castle at DC. His friendship with Kevin Feige. I think uh, I think we could get that to happen. Maybe. Would be very fun. You know, we've, we've gotten a number of DC references in Marvel lately. Uh, a couple in Eternals. We got one in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, so that's something to just keep an eye on for the future. Not anytime soon, but who knows. Um, if it's not uh, our guy Bob Pattinson and the Reeves universe uh, Batman, who do you want as the new Batman? Who you... I, I know a specific person I would want, but there's an interesting thing here in that this person's not totally right. Like, given historical trends, it's interesting how uh, when when it was like Brandon Routh first got Superman, the person who was running second was Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill eventually ends up as Superman. Rob Pattinson gets Batman. Do you know who was the runner-up for Batman? 
I feel like I do know this, but I can't put my finger on it. We just watched the trailer with him before the show. Nicholas Holt. Really? Yeah. So I'm I'm not saying it's gonna be Nicholas Holt because Nicholas Holt tends to be best when doing comedic stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a person in mind for Batman. It's kind of just like very much, very, very much like a feel thing for me. So, do you you have anyone in mind? I'm trying to think of like just who that because because I feel like if they're gonna go the way they are with with young Superman, it's gonna be a similar ish route for Batman where you're kind of like laying that groundwork. Um, which is also going to be interesting, you know, kind of just keeping the, the timeline straight with the Reeves universe and new Batman if it is early on Batman, because okay. obviously... Here's... Okay, what 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 actually is this list? Uh, potential Batman actors. So, I just pulled up this article from Game Rant, which, I'm, which was published in October, which I'm already not liking this. So here so here are the names they came up with. Jo- Josh Roland, nope, too old. Kit Harrington. Okay. But I don't know. See, here's I don't know how I feel about this next one cuz I don't think he can do cuz I don't think he can do do it, but I want to see him. Miles Teller. Huh. Daniel, they put up Daniel Kaluuya, but that actually requires them to make Superman black, which I don't know if they're willing to do that. Um, D- 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 Dylan O'Brien, that's interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> Jensen Eccles and Carl Urban. So you can clearly tell the person who wrote this article was watching The Boys too much. <laughs> um. I I need to filter this to find a better answer for this. Ten actors who play Red Hood? No, I I, I don't want to see Red Hood. Oh, I hate this so much. I hate this so much because it's like you you can make a case for a lot of characters, but it's like how young are we making young Superman? Right. My question, like, are we are, are we talking early twenties? Are we talking late twenties? Are we talking early thirties? Um, that kind of. Um, oh, hold on! I've I've got someone who I'd want to see in something, even though I don't know if he's ever done any on-camera acting. Can I get Troy Baker? Troy Baker. He, he's the guy who's voiced the Joker and stuff in so many video games. He's done the he's done voice work for The Last of Us. Okay. Because of he, we there's there's an article of people of people suggesting people for for Superman. It's like Rohan Campbell, Jake Alcott. Why are you suggesting Michael B. Jordan? Oh, hold on. I, I, I think I found our answer for Superman. Ready? Jacob Elordi. Jacob Elordi. 
Nate Jacobs in Nate Jacobs in Euphoria. Just just look at a picture of him. Jacob Elordi, E L O R D I. Yeah, I could see it. Twenty five. And like, yes, yes. There's the whole Austin Butler push, but I think you take one of those two and make them soup Superman. Batman's just the hard one to place because it's like he's like kind of gothish. I have a dark horse candidate for Batman potentially. Two. I don't know if they would, or even for Superman too. Um, Henry Golding. See, Cr- Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I like Henry Golding a lot. I, I see. I, I just want more Henry Golding in things. Period. Like, I agree. Because <laughs> he's so good. Uh, God, figuring out Batman's hard. Brad Pitt, anyone? <laughs> uh, Someone brought up an interesting, like, casting. I don't know if they would, and I don't think he would, personally. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. No. But but he's already supposedly were were working on his own Superman thing. Yeah. So that's kind of there was a wrench into things there. But to the problem with trying to project young talent now is that you're just staring at stuff and you're going, Oh, who's in Euphoria? Who's in Stranger Things? And it's like right. there's not really a crop of young actors truly developing that aren't just in, like, Netflix jail or HBO jail. I want to see how old this guy is, because I wouldn't hate this potentially. Oh, no, he's too old. Who? Uh, Justin Thoreau. Jesus Christ, yeah, he's... Uh, That's the actors under 30. All right, let's... Best actors under 30 from, no, I don't want that list. I want one that came out in the past month. Okay, this one's not terrible either. Not my first choice. Scott Eastwood. I could see him as Batman. That's what I'm saying for Batman. But he is thirty six, so I don't. Again, we don't know how young they're going with Batman and Superman. If we're using twenty five as a threshold, um, KJ Apa, no, Noah Jeep, no, Zolomir. I mean, he he could maybe do a young Aquaman, but see. I, 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 I think our problem with this is we're, we're doing so much young blank mm-hmm. and we don't know how they are defining young, which is making this casting even harder. James Gunn, come on the podcast 2023 and spill your beans on your plan. I, I mean, I mean, if we spam him enough on Twitter, maybe. So, Kyle, that's your job. Challenge accepted. Uh, but everybody comment down below on YouTube your 
potential fan castings for all of these roles because maybe we're missing somebody. Maybe we, maybe you know some undiscovered young actor uh, that would be a good Superman, Batman, or anybody else in the Justice League. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. But Christian, I think uh, the DCU plan, once we get a little bit more of a, a landscape, we'll, we'll have a better understanding of the direction they could potentially be going. Uh, so without any further ado, let's get into everybody's favorite segment. It is the streaming platform Multiverse News and Notes, brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com, use that all-new and improved Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. Christian, we've got quite the bit of news that has come out over the past week or so. Uh, n- most notably, uh, Jeremy Renner in a snowmobile snow plow accident. Yeah. Um, did you see the photo of what the reported actual snow machine thing was? That thing was like a tank. Uh, no, but I saw the picture of his face. I'm like, damn. <laughs> it was like one of those giant, uh, you know vehicles and it had like the giant like tread tracks that were like ovular wheels almost uh injured his leg lost a ton of blood luckily his neighbor is a doctor and came over and made a tourniquet on his leg to help save his leg um supposedly it tipped over which it's not supposed to be able to do (laughs) yeah absolutely insane uh he shared an update. Thank you all for your kind words. I'm too messed up to type now, uh, but I send love to you all. Um, sending our best to Jeremy Renner and you know his family, obviously, and hopefully he makes a a big time recovery and you know gets back on the screen uh, when he's able to. Um, but our best wishes to Jeremy Renner from the streamer season family. Speaking of the MCU. Everybody's favorite, Deborah Joe Rupp, has been cast in Agatha Coven of Chaos. It, it, the cast just keeps growing, brother. The cast just keeps growing. She obviously was in WandaVision in the black and white episodes. Um, so very happy to see her back on the screen in the MCU. Uh, moving here. Wednesday won't move to Amazon Prime for season two. According to IndieWire, Netflix and MGM's deal was locked in long before Amazon purchased MGM. Uh, there was a report on Monday that claimed it could leave Netflix and move over to Amazon, but that will not be happening. Totally fine with it. I think it's good for Netflix that it's there. So um, there is, well, we got to wish a happy 27th birthday earlier this week to our Lord, Savior, and Queen Florence Pugh. The yes. goat. Shout out to Florence Pugh. You mentioned earlier in the show, 1899 has been canceled by Netflix after one season. Your thoughts? 
did didn't watch the show, but given how much they talked up the show, uh, kind of kind of disappointing. Agreed. Kind of a bummer. Um, a lot of people in the comments across the board said, "Well, the show was pretty much the same for every episode except the last one." So good riddance. Uh, <laughs> and uh, somebody had wrote an article in like November saying, like, you know, eighteen ninety nine is Netflix's new show, but don't get too attached. And their prediction came true. Um, Disney Plus has now listed that Wakanda Forever will release on streaming February 1st. Uh, there was a, a previous mistake that said it was going to be January 20th, uh, but it is February 1st that Wakanda Forever will be on Disney Plus, which is when you will get our official review. Speaking of movies coming to streaming services, the menu just came to HBO Max. Oh, let's go. I've seen which... so many people tweeting about that. So I saw that in theaters. I loved it. Bray finds is devious. Eat the rich. <laughs> Excited. I'll be adding that to our watch list on Letterboxd. A um, watch list that keeps on growing somehow. 100%. Jonathan Majors, the king, the king of 2023, he wants Kang to fight Thor. He wants to see it happen. He said, bring it. I'm not afraid of Chris Hemsworth. I'm, I mean, have you seen his set photos from Creed 3? A weapon. <laughs> A unit. Uh, we mentioned this during our Glass Onion review. Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig think it's a, quote, really good idea to have the Muppets appear in the next Knives Out movie. Yes. Yes. You know how much Christian and I like the Muppets, so yes. Sign me up. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. Knives Out Hello, news. Kermit the Frog. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here from oh, Sesame yeah, Street that, that, News. That was, that was really good. That, that, that was actually really good. Kermit. Uh, waka, waka, if you will. Um, the next thing I have here. Did you see the poster for Scream 6? Love it. Love that. Love it, love it, love it. Um, so, so I'm... I'm someone who thinks the first ever Scream film is like one of the best films of the uh, best films of the of the of the 90s, and I love this last film. And while this next film will have none of the original cast, I'm still like, it looks promising. It looks promising. Uh, according to Variety, House of the Dragon writers have already written the on-screen version of Blood and Cheese. Quote, I don't think you'll be disappointed. And House of the Dragon season two finale is currently being written. Yay. Cool. Um, couple things here on this next actor. Uh, this one is about his role in Stranger Things 5. Noah Schnapp says, The Duffer brothers have done a great job with Will in Stranger Things 5. They've beautifully addressed everything they needed to, the way they... Uh, Close, uh, the way they close the show is just perfect. The story started with Will, and it'll end with Will. I'm very, very excited for what's to come. And then earlier today, Noah Schnapp on TikTok came out as gay. His quote, I, I guess I had more in common with Will than I initially knew. Um, so good for Noah Schnapp. Um, George R. R. Martin says, watching... The White Lotus Season 2 made him want to visit Sicily. Quote, but I won't. Not until the Winds of Winter is done and delivered. I promised. Ooh. Cue a... Cue a... 
a Q map being like, you goddamn better get it done before you go on vacation. <laughs> uh, George R. R. Martin also says some of the upcoming Game of Thrones spinoff series have been shelved. Quote, all the changes at HBO Max have impacted us. Did, didn't we talk about that like two shows ago? I don't know if we did or not. I'm, I, I know you mentioned it in one of the last two shows. Um, the most previously pirated show has been dethroned. Ooh, the most previously more. pirated show before this new one was WandaVision. The new most pirated show in 2022 is House of the Dragon. Mm. Well, speaking of uh, shows, uh, for people who didn't know, because I didn't know until Kyle and I were on the pod last week, uh, Slow Horses Season 2 came out. I binged that entire season in 24 hours. It was even better than the first. Everyone, Apple TV, watch Slow Horses. There's two seasons. Each season is six episodes. It's a spy show that has Gary Oldman playing a playing a crotchety British humor-filled spy spy master, and it's hilarious and great and funny and just yes, watch it, everyone. Kyle, 100%. Kyle, that could be a fun little uh, project for us this this January if we're not going to do Wednesday. Trust me, we'll be doing Wednesday, but I'm adding that to the list as well because your ringing endorsement was uh, an, all I needed to see. Uh, James Cameron says Avatar 3 will explore a new fire Navi tribe known as the Ash People. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Like, like, like James, James, here's the thing, buddy. Un, un, until you actually show me visuals, I go, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pay I'll I'll start paying attention when you can show me footage or or just CGI images, okay? Thanks. Uh, according to Puck News, Aaron Taylor Johnson has met with producers about playing the next James Bond and the meeting reportedly went well. And as long as they don't make him shave, go. Do it. Ready, set, go. Uh, Ridley Scott is now casting for Gladiator 2. Why? Why? Just why? <laughs> we, 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 we don't need Gladiator 2. Spoiler, Russell Crowe dies at the fucking end of the film. Just, no. Like, really, I, I, I would rather have you do another House of Gucci cringe film and go, I'm making a sequel to Gladiator because I can. Are you not entertained? No, <laughs> no I'm not entertained with really going back to the well. Uh, the stars of the 1968 Romeo and Juliet, Olivia Hussey and Leonard Whiting are suing Paramount for exploitation juicy courtroom drama the actors were assured there would be no nudity in their film but in the final days of filming the director pressured them to perform in the nude quote or the picture would fail they were 15 and 16 respect uh, respectively they are seeking damages believed to be in excesses of 500 million dollars to which i respond you're just now having this issue right uh something you may or may not have seen 
we have another Michael Giacchino film coming. Yes. So he, and I don't know if this is going to be streaming or not, is going to be doing a modern remake of the classic sci-fi film, Them. Which, do you know what Them is about? I don't think I do. It's this 1954 black and white sci-fi film about these ants that got basically turned radioactive and they are gigantic. Interesting. So it's a monster movie similar to Werewolf by Night. Except instead of the cheesy 50s monster movie stuff, we're going to get actual CGI which I think could be good, and I'm like, okay, you have my attention. I'm about it. I liked what yeah. he did with Werewolf by Night, so. Um, I'm sure you will love this quote to GQ Magazine from our Lord and Savior Dave Batista. Quote, I never wanted to be the next rock. I just wanted to be a fucking good, a good fucking actor. A respected actor. Followed up by Dave uh, wants to keep working with your boy, the Dune Man. I think that's what I'm going to call him from now on. He's the yeah. Dune Man. <laughs> no, if 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 anything, just call him De- Denny V. Denny V, uh, or Dooney V. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. He's, <laughs> he is much more than Dune. He followed up with this quote about Denny V. Uh, if I could be a number one, parenthesis, on the call sheet with Denny, uh, I would do it for fucking free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because see, here's here's the thing people need to realize: like everyone in Hollywood loves the dude. Every everyone in Hollywood wants to work with him. Everyone who works with him for the first time talks, talk, talks talks afterwards and they talk like they talk about him like he's a absurd visionary which he is and the and the funniest one was Austin Butler was asked about his casting in Dune uh, in Dune part 2 he talks about how he basically had a meeting over coffee with Denny they were talking about stuff and he was and uh, and Denis was basically like, "I have an idea. Let me dream on it." And then <laughs> the and then the next day he gets cast in Dune Part Two without a audition. <laughs> My man, like, like, like it's impossible to hate him. It's impossible to hate Denis. He's 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 too wholesome. He's too wholesome. <laughs> Uh, 100%. I mean, Dave, Dave Batista tells no lies either. Yeah. Um, Neil Druckmann says The Last of Us, which we will be watching for this show. Uh, not this coming week, but next week. Big streaming week for us as Hunter and, Season 2 and The Last of Us drop next and, weekend. lest we forget, Tuesday's the Golden Globes. Very true. Maybe we do a live stream for that. We'll let you know. Uh, I sadly won't be there. <laughs> fair. Neil Druckmann says The Last of Us won't stray from the source material. Quote, we have no plans to tell any stories beyond adapting the games. We won't run into the same issue 
as Game of Thrones. Shots fired. And he says, part two doesn't end on a cliffhanger. He was asked about part three. And he says, I think there's more story to tell, which is very exciting. Um, Brendan Fraser, we've mentioned this a ton. It just keeps circulating. He's down to make another move, uh, mummy film. Uh, quote, I don't think I've been this famous and unsalaried at the same time in my professional life. Sign me up. Sign us up, Brendan Fraser. Sign us up. Um, moving to the next piece here. Uh, oh, here's the list of comic book movies releasing in 2023 for the people. Ant-Man 3, next month. Shazam 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, Into the Spider-Verse, Part 1, Number 2, uh, The Flash, The Marvels, Blue Beetle. I didn't realize that this was coming out in 2023. For some reason, I had it pegged in my mind as 2024, but allegedly... Aaron Taylor Johnson's Craven the Hunter movie is coming yep. out this so, year. So, so story about that. Up until like August, it was set to come out in January, <laughs> and they moved it to the end of the year. Yeah, it's coming out, I believe, according to Culture Crave, October sixth. Um, perfect birthday present for me. Dylan doesn't get all the birthday presents. Literally, Dylan gets a big Marvel movie every single birthday of his life. I mean, I mean, I I get a blockbuster pretty much every year. This year, the week after my birthday, I get Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, motherfuckers. Let's That's go. your dream come true. I've, uh, I've been waiting for the movie <laughs> for three fucking years because of COVID. God damn it, you bastards! Don't Dylan, it. Dylan's birthday is Cinco de Mayo, so literally that's like one of the big dates for Marvel, like every single year. So. Uh, he gets Guardians Volume Three this year, and then we also have Aquaman Two coming out this coming Christmas. One last hoorah for Mister Momoa. Momoa. Um, that's all I have. Did you have anything else, Christian, for the news? Um, I feel like I have something, but I'm forgetting. So let me just quickly check my di- my Discord server I'm on. Speaking of which, uh, I did I did do some. Discord server test redesign, which we can talk about later. But, uh, uh, well, uh, you and I watched a few trailers before the show, if you want to quickly hit on those. Yeah, one of them is for a movie I will not be watching. The other one, sign me up. It's my speed. So, just in terms of some trailers that dropped in the past few days, we uh, we have Evil Dead Rise, which is which looks to be it, it's maybe the scariest movie trailer I've watched in a long time and it yeah. and it's and it's a reboot of the famous Evil Dead franchise and it looks terrifying uh, that comes out in April it was originally supposed to be an HBO Max film fun fact for everyone um, we then have uh Ren, Ren, Renfield, which is a Nick Cage Dracula horror, horror comedy, which if the, if that was a streaming movie, it would be the first thing we talk about. <laughs> I just saw something was trending on Twitter as we're recording this. Um, one word 
one more thing to mention because the trailer dropped Gran Turismo movie starring David Harper and Orlando Bloom. Just 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 one of the weirder casts in in recent memory. It's like how do you get those two people together to make a movie <laughs> about car racing? It's DK Harbor, sign me up. Um so Avengers Secret Wars is trending. Because it's, it's it's always fucking trending because the stupid Marvel updates account is always tweeting stuff like <laughs> <laughs> So there's some funny ones that people have added to the mix. Brian Brian Cranston is set to return as Walter White in Avengers Secret War. Rob Cranston will return as Wario. Wario. Uh, here's one. Somebody tweeted at them and said, "My dad will return in Avengers: Secret Wars," and it's a guy holding a glass of milk. Uh, ben Schwartz will return as Sonic in Avengers: Secret Wars. It's so dumb. Um, the other funny one I saw was Dom Toretto and his family will return in Avengers: Secret Wars. I mean, I mean, we're I mean we're technically getting Fast and the Furious ten this year. And here's the best one. Breaking news, uh, per Fels Galaxin on Twitter, uh, Queen Elizabeth II has yeah, confirmed that she will return in Avengers Secret Wars and will have a cameo in Armor Wars. <laughs> uh, just pure hilarity. Uh, let's see if there's any other fun. Oh, uh, Kevin James will return as Paul Blart in Avengers Secret Wars, by the way, everybody. Get ready. Oh, and obviously, Happy New Year to everybody. It's 2023. We're really old because we are now in the year that uh, everybody returned from the blip in Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I felt like so long ago in 2019. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, that's that's not for a while. That's We're fine. But look at us now. Look at us now. <sighs> who who would have thought? Who would have thought? At who would've who would've thought? thought? Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> not me. No, no. That's all we got for you guys. Make sure you're following us on the socials at streamer SZN, Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Follow Christian at the Wiz underscore PHI. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple and Spotify. Uh, really does go a long way for helping this show continue to grow and continue having our friendly rivalry with the get in the hole podcast uh which go subscribe to they have a new co-host that just came on board uh starting next week who will be on the show jake dippold uh very excited for that pitch and chips is his brand as well on the tiktok uh he's got almost eighteen thousand followers on tiktok so go check him out at pitch and chips and at jacob underscore dippold uh welcome to the family brother um and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of streamer season, shorts, original content, live streams, you name it, it's going to be on the channel. Big things coming in 2023. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're at 352 subscribers as of this recording. Trying to get to that ever-elusive 1,000. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your thoughts on everything we discussed on tonight's show. And 
Make sure you get your merch. Hoodies are live right now. Hoodies went live while we were recording, so you can get streamer season hoodies. They are very, very cool. I will be getting one almost immediately. Make sure you use our code, though, underground. Code underground at checkout for 10% off at phiapparel.co. Get your merch. Tweet it at us. Tag us on Instagram if you get your merch as well. We want to see you guys in that streamer season merch as you're going to the movie theater, hanging out at home, watching your favorite streaming platforms. Tag us. Tweet at us. All that good stuff. Get your merch. Code Underground. 10% off at phiapparel.co. This has been the first episode of 2023 of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Christian, I'm KB. Get well soon, Dylan. And until next time, we're getting the heck out of here. See ya. Yeah.